Picture this. It's March of 1938, and a huge storm is causing water to rush into the Mojave River system at an unprecedented rate. Thick rivulets of liquid dig channels into the mountain as they race for the river. Soon, the previously isolated Mojave Chub population finds that the water rushing in is carrying some new friends. The two species begin to intermix, and this is where our story begins. I want to take the opportunity, since we're at this particular location, to show you something. This is Rob Fulton. He is the caretaker of the California State University Research Campus in Zizix, California. Zizix was a one-time health spa operated by conman and preacher Doc Springer. It is now a series of white tropical cabins, palm trees and ponds, looking out at the expansive grainy whiteness of the soda flats. A salinated lake which has long since dried up, leaving only cracked salt to crunch beneath boots. Rob stands in front of a small pond at the base of a limestone hill. Attempts to try and find genetically pure Mojave strain chub in the upper reaches of the Mojave River, where they were only still known to exist, were met with disappointment. Scientists and chub enthusiasts alike were repeatedly let down. Every time they thought they had found the Mojave chub, it turned out to be a similar but not genetically identical species. So through hybridization, it was thought that the Mojave Tui chub had gone extinct. It turns out the flood event of 1938 had washed in not just new friends, but the Arroyo chub. After the flooding, unbeknownst to anyone but the muddy Mojave waters, the two species interbred, until all that was left of the native Mojave strain was an echo of genetic similarity. Now, let's talk policy. The Endangered Species Act was passed in 1973, championed by President Nixon, who said, Nothing is more priceless and more worthy of preservation than the rich array of animal life with which our country has been blessed. The Endangered Species Act recognizes species for their intrinsic worth, regardless of the services or benefits they might provide to the ecosystem or humanity as a whole. It's meant to keep species, all species, from becoming extinct. But what does this mean for the chub? Because it's gone, right? As Rob said, completely hybridized. So this is Mojave Chub Spring. Rob gestures towards a five by five foot pool. The surrounding area is somewhat barren, but Rob points out the vegetation that dots the landscape. Uh, Scurpus here, sedges, we've got rushes, got the cattails. Rob makes his way towards the pool, heavy boots shuffling to the water's edge. He describes people's initial reactions to what they found in its depths. Oh, lo and behold, these are the pure Mojave strain. These are not hybrids. That's right. It turns out that the chub, previously thought to have been completely extinct, had actually secreted itself away in a tiny pond of water at the base of a limestone hill. So at that point, this was the only known source of this once abundant fish in this large river system. The Mojave chub had not been lost forever, but it also wasn't exactly thriving. The pool is small and isolated. One unplanned event in the entire species could easily be wiped out. When did they become declared endangered? That happened in 1970, when the legislation for the new Endangered Species Act was being finalized by the Nixon administration. That makes these few little fish in their little pool one of the first species protected by the ESA. 
The fish in this pool were distributed to more ponds in the area. Their numbers swelled. Recently, Rob has considered putting a fence around the water. We've had four bighorn sheep drown in this pool. Luckily, every time we've had a drowning, we've discovered it within a few days and gotten the animal out before it poisoned the whole spring and possibly killed off the population of fish. Thanks to the ESA, Rob is vigilant to this threat. You might be more familiar with the Endangered Species Act in conjunction with more publicized species, like polar bears and otters and wolves. These charismatic creatures garner a huge following of devoted protectors. The stellar sea lion, for example, is a chubby sea mammal which swims gracefully through the water. It was listed in 1997 after huge public support for its preservation, and efforts to save the species were so successful that it was delisted early 2008. The sea lion and many other charismatic endangered species can be approached with an end result in mind. Get them off of the endangered species list. This allows people to work towards a tangible goal, restore habitat, increase population, and congratulate themselves on a job well done. The chub is small. Its gray body is tinged with a dark green. It is no more than six inches in length and the width of a thumb. As Rob asks, How do you think the fish got to this little spring pool at the foot of this limestone hill coming up? I peer into the depths of the water and see nothing, just the reflection of clouds and the salt grass which lines the edges. After my eyes adjust, the small fish emerge. They are similar to every other fish I have ever seen. The Mojave chub leaves me feeling quite distinctly ambivalent. This is where the ESA reigns supreme. Many have criticized the act for not being broad enough, for being a Band-Aid fix. The Mojave Chub tells a different story. It's a real dilemma when you think about it because the goal of ESA is to take them off the endangered list. But the circumstances of this particular species are such that in order to do that, we're gonna have to completely redesign and rehabilitate a whole river system upstream. And that's just not gonna happen. The chub will swim perpetually in its tiny five by five foot pool. Or will it? The ESA helps us set aside value judgments. The fact that we have codified the intrinsic value of our fellow creatures is a hugely intriguing thing. When I look at the chub, I see very little to inspire me to action. I see no end goal. But the ESA provides a format that protects even the things we don't think we care about. I guess the idea is we hold on to that genetic species, that taxon, and then when the next ice age starts filling all these rivers and lakes, you know, the fish that was originally native here will be here to repopulate. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a real dilemma when you think about it. Saving the species for repopulation. That's the idea. It might seem far-fetched. The next ice age? Even Rob isn't quite convinced. But there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the lifetime of a species. The Mojave chub can survive in water temperatures up to 90 degrees Fahrenheit and habitats with oxygen levels less than one milligram per liter. That is one resilient fish, and there's no telling what is to come. We can't predict the future, and the ESA has ensured that the Mojave chub has a fighting chance to thrive once more. Until then, it will be here, in Zizix, California, waiting for the next ice age. For National Public Lens Radio, I'm Anna Von Klemm.